You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. What's going on, familia? Here we are engaged in a constant battle. How many of you feel like you've been working and engaged in spiritual warfare, right? We're constantly in this battle. And during this series, in no particular order, we have learned about and fought against spiritual ties, the Jezebel spirit, removing blindfolds, no spin zone, closing doors, eliminating strongholds, finding hope in the midst of darkness, making no agreements, seeing the invisible, controlling authority, being possessed, praying, obeying, trying to change the world, greed in the spirit of mammon, counterfeit spirituality, and last week, self-hatred. Hijo, let me catch my breath. You can go back online and listen to any of those messages, church. But yes, let me ask you this question. Are you, are you... Are you winning the battle? Are you winning in spiritual warfare? Are you winning the battle? Our hope here at City Tribe is that you are winning the battle. And all these messages and the spiritual warfare series, we want to equip you to win the battle, to win the war. And as we fight and fight, In this spiritual warfare, there is something we need to consider. Something that the enemy does not want you to have. Does not want me to have. Doesn't want you to have this particular thing because the enemy knows that if you have this, you will be stronger and you will fight longer. And before I tell you what that is, I just want to share something with you. You know, as a chaplain, I attended a clinical pastoral education. It's a program designed for chaplains, and it helped me deal with a lot of my stuff. I actually received some counseling during that period of my life, and I learned so, so much about myself, why I am the way I am, why do I think the way I think, what makes me me, what has happened to me in my life that makes me who I am. It's kind of like our Cultivate program here at City Tribe, where you're going to learn so, so much about yourself. How many attended Cultivate this season? How many attended a retreat? Let's give them a hand. That is one of the hardest, best things you can do. One of the hardest, best things you can do. And I say it that way because I believe that that program that I went to was one of the hardest, best things I've ever done. To dig inside and just learn about yourself. And I learned this during that season in my life. I learned that since a very young age, I have been the way I am. And it's through the whole time of my life. It's, it's, I've been this way. right? I was the oldest of six siblings. My parents worked. Both of them at the same time. Sometimes I would be the one responsible for making sure everybody's dressed. You got a bowl of cereal. Don't miss the bus, right? And then I get home, and my parents would still wouldn't be home yet, and so my brother and sister might be hungry. I might be hungry. I'd make some bologna sandwiches, fried bologna sandwiches sometimes. That's why I am the way I am. Por eso estoy un poquito fluffy. 
But yeah. And then my junior and senior year, I was involved with our city youth program that we had in that little church on the south side. So I was helping our students, you know, going through lives together, helping them, supporting our students. Then I joined the military after high school, became a medic. In my military career, I helped in healthcare, serve the military families and the soldiers and things. And then I calculated during this time in CPE, I calculated that the amount of time that I have been serving others has been over 40 years between my military career and my healthcare civilian career. Over 40 years. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. I say like, wow, I was amazed how long I've been doing what I've been doing, serving others. Basically, all this time in my life, denying myself. Like God says we should, right? To do for others more than ourselves. But here's the thing. It made me really, really suck at taking care of myself. I've had, and I still struggle to this day, I still struggle taking time off. Resting. Just ask my wife, like, when are you going to take a day off? How many days have you been working in a row? Taking time off is one of those things that it's like hard for me to get that rest. But what about you? What about you in your life? Where are you at? Have you been working for many, many years in your career? Even if you're not working, you're serving your family, you're at home, serving your spouse, maintaining your house, maintaining your cars, taking your kids, if you have little kids, taking them to soccer, baseball, dance, karate, you name it, the kids are doing all sorts of stuff these days. Taking them to all those things. You're working, you're being a mom, you're being a dad, you're a coach, you're a teacher, wherever you're at. Staying so, so busy. And now, on top of everything else, we're in a battle. Spiritual warfare battle. On top of everything we have going on in our lives. Now we're fighting in a spiritual battle. We're recognizing it. So what do you do? What do we do? You know, maybe there's somebody out there that you have no problem doing what they call life balance, right? Life balance. You kind of gauge your work. You take some time off. You're, you're pretty good at it. It's good because you know what they say. All work and no rest leads to what? Burnout. Or maybe somebody else out there, they're like, all rest and no work, and that leads to being a bum, God's word says, and I say this with love, God's word says, there is profit in hard work, but mere talk leads to poverty. So it goes both ways. Because I'm going to talk about rest doesn't mean that, hey, Pastor Joe said to rest, so I don't have to work. No. Yeah. We can definitely be all about work, can't we? How many of us are there? All about doing and doing and doing. Work. Well, it's time to chill out. It is not time to chill out with some trulies, right? Not, no, that's not the way to chill out with some trulies every once in a while. But no, the Bible says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. That kind of truly. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. That's the kind of rest we're going to be talking about today. 
rest. It's going to help us win the war. Why? Because rest makes you stronger to fight longer. And that's going to be our big idea. Tell somebody next to you, rest makes you stronger to fight longer. Rest makes you stronger to fight longer. It does. Rest makes you stronger to fight longer. Now, before I go into today's key text for this message, I just want to tell you this. This particular text, you might already have some of it memorized, or you might have heard it many times before. You might have heard it on TV, especially during funerals. Take it from somebody who just did a funeral last week over at Fort Sam. It's a chaplain. I do a lot of funerals, and uh, I used it myself in that funeral. And here's the thing. I memorized the whole chapter. I'm not saying, yay, but I do want to encourage you. I was, I was like inspired to memorize this whole chapter by one of our city youth. This summer, this past summer, uh, Pastor Doug and, and Aaron, they challenged our city youth to memorize scripture. They did all sorts of memory verses. When somebody read this whole thing, I'm like, holy moly, they did the whole chapter. I'm like, wow, Lord, help me to try and do that. So guys, check the little video out. If you wouldn't mind standing up for today's key scripture. But check out Job. He's doing this from memory. Hello, my name is Job. I'm in seventh grade and I go to City Youth. What I'm about to say is Psalms 23. Okay, here, here I go. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lay down in green pastures. He leads me along. He, he leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valleys, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for the rest of my life. God's word. Give him a hand. You guys go ahead and take a seat. Take the load off a little bit. The Lord is my shepherd. He, he memorized that whole psalm, Psalm 23. I want to challenge you. Usually I have a challenge by the end of the message, but I'm going to have a challenge right here. Right now, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to challenge you to internalize and memorize that psalm. All of Psalm 23. We're going to do Psalm. We're going to do four verses from that Psalm for today's message, but try to memorize that whole Psalm. I want to encourage you. If you choose to do it, take, a, take my picture of my, my email right there. I want to encourage you while you're trying to memorize it. Internalize that word. You don't, that way you don't have to break out your phone and like, where's some, some scripture? I need some scripture. Oh, you're going to have it in here. Internalize God's word. Take that challenge. So let's jump in. I'm going to break this scripture down, those first four verses in Psalm 23. The first one is, the Lord is my shepherd. It's interesting that David was a shepherd. And now, in contemplating God, he puts himself as a sheep. And he puts God as a shepherd. God is my shepherd, is what he's saying and basically, it's, it's provision. It is encouragement for us 
that God is providing for us. God is our provision. So much so is what David is thinking that he says next, I shall not want in the ESV version. I'm like, let's hit the brakes right there, David. I want a lot of stuff. You guys want a lot of stuff. We want nice houses. We want to have a good job. We want to have a good car. Have money in the bank. We don't want our kids to talk back to us. I want the Denver Broncos to keep winning. Okay, the Cowboys too. But we want a lot of stuff. We want a lot of stuff. When, when will you not want? When will I not want anything? Well, when I have everything. When I have everything, I shall not want. And that's what David is saying. God is my provision so, so much that I don't need or want anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, I looked up that word shepherd. A lot of us, you have a picture of that in our heads already. And basically, the Hebrew word means someone that tends. Someone that grazes. Grazes means someone that, that feeds a flock. Tends a flock. So David is basically saying, God is tending to me. God is my provision. He's protecting me. He's my everything. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. And here will we enter a little pattern that I recognize. I was trying to memorize this scripture and study. I, I feel like, wow, there's like a little pattern in there of rest. There's a pattern in there. God equals rest through refreshment, restoration, and redirection. And I'll show you what that is here in just a little bit. But I know what you're saying already. You're saying, Joe, otra vez con las letter R's. Again with the letter R's, Joe? Come on, man. Because I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember. Rest makes you stronger to fight longer. Here's the first point, and it's the main point. Rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, Joe. He makes me? How many of us like to be made to do anything? How many of us have said, you can't make me. Just try and make me. So I tell my wife all the time, you're not the boss of me. We don't like to be made to do anything. And yet it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's kind of like a, what I picture, a whiny toddler. You know, mama knows what's best when she's got that little toddler all fussy. Take a nap. I'm going to give Make him take a nap. Mom knows best. Right? God knows best, doesn't he? Maybe right now, in some, through some particular circumstance in your life right now that you're going through, maybe God himself is like taking you off your feet, literally. You're laid out or you've been laid out. Could God be providing you a time of rest? And not realizing it. God wants us to rest. You know, as I was studying this particular section of the scripture, when it says green pastures, he leads me down green pastures. In my mind, I'm thinking, ooh, this lush, like, miles of green. 
But in the historical, in that setting, it probably looks more like this, kind of desert-like in, the, in that region where David was. So the, the shepherd would have to take the flock, the sheep, to where the grass is so that they could be fed, so they could rest. And that's what God's doing. And here's the thing. That phrase, he makes me, in the Hebrew, it does not have no connotation, no connotation at all of being compelled to being forced. It's more like God saying, look, I'm, I'm going to change some stuff up in your life, some circumstances. I'm going to create something that's going to happen in your life, and that's going to provide you this time for you to rest. We may not recognize that sometimes. Rest makes us stronger to fight longer. Here's the second point. Refreshment. Refreshment. He leads me beside still waters. I'm going to ask you this question here again, but I'm going to ask you right now, who is leading you? Who's leading you? Who's leading Pastor Doug? I love Pastor Doug. We want God to be leading him, right? We want God to be leading me. City tribe, we want you to be led by God. Who is leading you? says being led to, to still waters. How many of us love going to the beach? How many of us love going to the river, the Frio River? We went this summer with tribes, especially in Texas, being so hot. Crystal clear waters. And in contrast, I thought of a time that I went hiking over in Yosemite, and I went walking by the Merced River which is in the Yosemite Valley. There's a river there, and that river was like the river of death. It was like white water craziness. I could not hear my own thoughts. And I, I called out my wife and she's like, I can't hear you. That's how loud that water was just rushing by. So I thought, wow, for, for waters to be still, that water like have to be like nothing. Glass, still as can be. Another version of the Bible says that they're quiet waters. So I think that God wants that kind of setting for us to visualize that quietness, peace. And then it says, he restores my soul. So we have some restoration as part of rest. Restores in the Hebrew basically means to turn back to an original state of some kind, to recover you know, when I think of the word recover, it takes me back to my military days in basic training where the drill sergeant would tell the whole platoon, front, leaning, rest, position, move. How many people know that that's not really a position of rest? How many veterans out there? Where are my veterans? Thank you for serving. Yesterday was Veterans Day. Thank you, veterans. Thank you for serving veterans, but we know but that's not a position of rest. So, veterans, drop and give me 20. Just kidding, just kidding. I thought, you know what? I could drop in a front leaning rest position up here on a stage, but then I'd have trouble getting up. I'd be huffing and puffing. But that's what the drill sergeant would say. Drop front leaning rest position. Pump out 20 in unison. One, two. There we are. 20. I'm stopped. Shaking. Do it again, one more time. 20. Oh. Finally, you would see, 
Recover. Stand back up. Oh, thank you, Lord, for recovering. That's what God is doing. He's allowing you time to recover, to catch your breath. That's resting in God. Catching your breath. But it says he restores my soul. So that means it's not just physical. It's not just a physical recovery. It's deep. Heart. Emotions. Spiritual. Recovery. Restoration. That he wants to do. That he wants to provide. And resting. Why? Because rest makes you stronger. Why? To fight longer. To win the battle. Here's the last point. Redirection. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There it is again. He leads me. Who? I ask you again. Who is leading you? I ask myself. Who's leading me? And I want to take a time out right here. I want to take a time out right here because I want to give you a little warning. When we allow other factors to influence us that, to lead ourselves, right? Pastor Doug talked about this slogan from this guy that says, what is that slogan? Do what thou wilt. Disregard everything else. What's going to happen when we do that? When we disregard God's will and we decide to do our own, that is basically the definition of iniquity. And it could put us in a bad spot. And that's the warning I want to give you. Because culture today, new age spirituality says, do whatever you want. Do it your way. Don't worry about your family. Don't worry about the work that you're doing. Leave your job. Leave your family. Leave your spouse. Just do you. I heard a story. I heard a story of a lady. She decided to move to another state. She wanted to move to this other state because she thought it was prettier there. They have more trees, these seasons, a lot of hiking trails outdoors by the ocean and all this beauty. And she thought, you know what? That's where I want to live. That's where I'll be refreshed. That's where I need to get my rest. She left her husband. She left her family. She left the state to pursue what she wanted to do. You think God wants all of that to disregard our family? How many of us have made choices in our lives that we regret where we decide to take our own path. We have to pay a price. Our families will pay a price. So yes, watch out. Consider who's leading you. Our hope, my prayer, is that God's leading you. God is leading you. It says he leads me in a path of righteousness. There's that word righteous, righteousness. Some people have trouble with that. It basically means truth. The right path, the right way, truth. I think a lot of us 
sometimes struggle with the truth. We don't like to hear it sometimes. We don't we want to do things our way. He leads me in the right path of right, the path of righteousness. Truth. What happens when you go hiking and you're like, oh, this is the way we should go. This is the trail. I got the map and we'll end up where we want to be back at our car or whatever location. And you take for granted the map. I heard a story. Here's another story. A friend of mine went over to Lost Maples. Anybody been out to Lost Maples? Really pretty park out there in the hill country. There's a rock formation there called Monkey Rock. You can hike up to it. It's a nice little hike. No problems getting up to there. There's a trail. Very well marked. But my friend decided, you know what? I'm going to hike up that rock formation. There's a picture of it right there. I'm going to hike up it and on top of it. And during this time, it had just rained and the rock was very slick and he couldn't go back down. So what do you have to do? He had to go up and beyond it. And there was no trail over there. And it took him a while to get back to the main trail. And here's the thing. You can get a fine for climbing up on that rock on this state park. So that's what can happen when we're, we don't take the right path. We're not being led by the right person on the right path. We get lost. We'll end up working more. Less time to rest. And it says, he leads me in the right path for his name's sake. For his name's sake. That basically means because of God's reputation. There is no way, absolutely no how. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, consistently present. He knows the beginning from the end. There is no way, absolutely no way, that he's going to let you go down the wrong path if you follow him. For his name's sake. Because I'm God, I'm faithful, I'm strong. There's no way. Follow me. You'll be on the right path. Redirection. God redirects us. And we can have rest when we're on the right path. So God equals rest through refreshment, restoration, and redirection. <clears throat> the beginning of the psalm talks off with God as our provision. This next section of the psalm begins with another thing of attribute about God. And here it's God's presence. It says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of death, that's why this is quoted so much in funerals. It talks about death. It talks about not fearing. And that's okay. But it says, even though I walk that means it's for the living. You're walking. You're going to go through some hard times. You're going to go through a valley in your life. If you're not going through it right now, if you haven't just gone through it or you went through it a while back, I hate to tell you, but you're going to go through a valley. You're going to go through a hard time. And God's encouragement to you from David God's word 
said, I'm going to be with you. Even though you walk through the valley of death, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of the shadows. What happens when we're in a valley? If you're in a valley and you're surrounded by mountains and you're in the middle of this low area, there's shadows. The sun doesn't shine only for a particular time overhead. Most of the time, you're, the sun is being blocked by something that's blocking the sunlight. And you might be in that time where it's not quite as bright. Don't fear. Don't fear the shadow. Don't fear the enemy. Don't fear evil. Because God says, my staff, my rod are with you. My rod and my staff. They come, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A rod was basically a small club that a shepherd would use to defend the flock. The staff, you guys know the staff. It's got that little hook, the little crook there on the top. That's for people like me who are terco. He grabs you by the neck. Terco is a theological word. I want you guys to know it means stiff necked. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it kind of sort of does. Terco. Are you terco? Are you like stubborn? Man, I can be pretty stubborn. Thank you, Lord, for pulling me back. He makes us rest. You guys ever notice elite athletes like these guys that do these marathons and stuff? They incorporate rest into their routine to win. NFL players, they rest before, they rest afterward, those ice bath things they do because they want to be strong. NBA players, I remember this guy named Steve Nash. I don't remember the guy, this guy that used to lie on the floor in the middle of a game, flat across. I was like, what is he doing? He's resting. We need to rest. We need to rest. Rest is about being. B-E-I-N-G. Not doing. Work is doing. Rest is being. Pastor Rick Warren says that we are not, we're not human doings. We are human beings human beings. So I want to give you three B's to consider. B-E. B. Three applications. Now this might be kind of easy for some. Might be hard for others. I know it's hard for me. Somebody who's been serving, working all these years. Hard to be. Be still. Be silent. Be in solitude. The word says, be still and know I'm God. Psalm 46, 10. How many of us can literally stop, not move for five minutes? Try it. Pick a time in the morning before you go to work. Set your timer on your phone for five minutes and try it. You're going to see how hard it is. I've been doing it. I've been doing it, and it started like when it alarms, like, oh, five minutes is up. I've gone to 10. Oh, 10 minutes is up. Try it. I dare you. Be still and know God. That means in that moment, your thoughts are going to be going through your head. Know God. 
Know that God is. Pick something of God that he is. He's present. He's powerful. He's faithful. He's a mighty fortress. He's my salvation. Be still and know God. Next one is to be silent. I love this scripture from Exodus 14. It says the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Where are my yappers at? That's what I call people that can't stop talking. Yappers. Are you one like me sometimes? You're yakety yak. Can you stop and just be silent? Not say anything. What happens when you're silent? Well, next thing you know, you're getting bombarded with all sorts of thoughts. You can't turn off your brain. Keep having thoughts. Try to be silent. I dare you. Try to be silent for five minutes. Let God fight for you. And the third thing, to be in solitude. It says of Jesus, but he, withdrew, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Basically saying that he would get off on his own and be in solitude. I want to encourage you to try that. How many of us get away by ourselves sometimes? How many of us can sit still, be silent, and be away from our spouse or a friend or at home in a particular place in your backyard on a trail? Have you ever tried it? To be in solitude? That's three things. Be still, be silent, be in solitude. Four, if you consider prayer. Pray in each one. I want to encourage you. Pray to God help you be still. Be silent to be in solitude because rest will make you stronger to fight longer. Pick one, pick two, pick all three. I dare you. Try it. Try it for real. Incorporate it to your day. How many minutes are in a day? Somebody told me that the other day. Only five is what I'm asking you to start off with. Five minutes. As I transition to close, I mentioned to you guys that I learned this pattern. Well, I've been contemplating this pattern of rest from this particular scripture as I tried to memorize it all, the, the whole chapter. And I'd memorized it a while back. And I gave a talk on self-care not too long ago here at City Tribe on the weekend, on a Saturday. Um, and so uh, it was back in my mind again. And as I was contemplating, memorizing this psalm, there was a question. Besides seeing those areas of rest and refreshment, restoration and redirection, I heard God ask me a question. I wonder, I wonder if he asked you the same question after learning about rest. The question was this. Does the work, he's asking me, he's asking you. Does the work you do, Joe, does the work you do, does it define you? Does it define you? I have said, 
My name is Joe. I'm a soldier. I'm a medic. I've been a respiratory therapist. I am a chaplain and a pastor. And yes, I try to take time off to rest. I love to go hiking. But that kind of rest, that struggle, constantly working and trying to prove to myself, trying to prove to other people that I am the best at all those things. Have you ever had those thoughts? You want to be the best, and it's not a bad thing. You want to be the best at whatever you do. I think sometimes we let that define us and steal our rest. I know it has me sometimes. But here's what I'd like you to consider. Is I'd like you to consider defining yourself by the rest you take. By the rest you take. And by that I mean, for those of us that have put our faith in Christ, by the work that he has done. The work that Christ has done on the cross. Let that define you. I am a child of the most high God. I am loved with this everlasting kind of love. I am a royal, a royal priesthood. Let that define you. Rest from there. Work from there. See what happens. See what happens. I'd like us to pause for just a little bit. Just do a little exercise. A little exercise of being still. A little exercise and being silent. So if you would close your eyes. Close your eyes. Try not to move. Try to be still. Stop your leg from shaking. Rest. Be still. Be silent. I'm going to ask you to imagine. I'm going to ask you to imagine being in solitude now. With your eyes closed. Imagine being in a lush green meadow. Imagine right in front of you is a crystal clear pond. It's so still that it looks like a mirror reflecting everything around it. The water is perfectly still and crystal clear. You look down at your feet and you see there's some rocks, small stones like those river rocks we see. And you see one that looks like small enough to fit in your hand and kind of flat. And you reach down and you pick it up. And I know what you're thinking already. I'm going to skip this stone on this flat water. This beautiful pond. And you look at the stone in your hand. You see how smooth it is. You feel it with your fingers. You feel how hard it is. You feel the weight of that little stone in your hand. 
And then you have this thought. Could David, could David who said and wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, could he have been at a place like this where I am right now in my imagination? Could he have picked up a stone? Could he have thought, God, with this stone, the stone like this, Lord, you help me take down a giant. You're my shepherd. Thank you. So you grab the stone. You cast it over the rock. You throw it. You see it skip along several ripples as it travels and sinks down into the pond. And you think, all those ripples. God is present. God is going to help me win some wars. God is my shepherd. Thank you, Father. Thank you. With their eyes still closed. You know, maybe there's somebody out there who's never really put their trust in Jesus, never, never said to themselves, you know what God has done through Jesus Christ. That's what I need. I'm tired of struggling. I need to really rest. So right now, God, I choose to rest in what Jesus has done for me on that cross. He took on my sin. Help me to turn from it, Lord. Help, just do a great work in my heart, Father, because I need rest. Lord, I'm tired. Oh, Father, thank you. Come into my heart. Holy Spirit, do a mighty work. Or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a while. And you think, you know what, Father? I have not allowed you to lead me. I have done my own thing, Father. I'm sorry, Lord. I want to turn from this. And I want to follow you. I rededicate my life to you, Father. Lead me. Give me your rest. I need you. Especially in this valley right now. Come into my heart. Give me your rest. Pray all of this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, familia. Can we give God the glory? Thank you for just stimulating your imagination a little bit. But I do want to encourage you to be still, to be silent, to be in solitude, to be refreshed, to rest, to be redirected, to be restored. I do want that for you, familia. I sure do. Well, guys, you guys saw the motorcycle tribe out there, right? If you, like, oh, man, I didn't bring anything. It, they're still going to be here for one more service. You can run off and go home and pick something up. Thank you for the way you give. Thank you, too, for the way you give financially. You know, we got our giving kiosks. We got giving online. We got text to give. You can mail it in. Thank you so much for the way you give, your generosity. We can do so many things because of the way you give. So thank you. We are 
you are impacting God's kingdom with your generosity. Well, familia, go ahead and stand up. I want to speak a benediction over you before you go. Go from here, familia, resting in God. Rest in the Lord. Be refreshed. Be restored. Be redirected. Be still. Be silent. Be in solitude. Be stronger. Fight longer. Win the war. In the name of Jesus. Y'all take care. Go rest. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.